Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. The sun is shining in Michigan in December. (laughs) That's like incredible, right? It's a great 10 minutes. <laughs> we should enjoy it. Hey, it's a great time to talk about pod uh, episode number 119, which is yeah. you and your calendar getting ready for that year's worth of planning and dreams and plotting, yeah. uh, you know, all those things. It's, it's funny that the Bible says that we're not ignorant to the devil's schemes. The word scheme is schematos. We get our word schematic. We know the devil has a plan. You know, yeah. that God says, behold, the plans I have for you. So there, there is a plan. There's a default that we can live by that's waiting for us. There's a design that we can live by that's waiting for us. And today we're going to spend some time talking about our calendars. So take it away. Yeah, you know, uh, Jim, as we're recording this, Christmas Day is only a few days away. Yeah, and uh, and I, it's just mar- I, I just marvel every year at how much energy gets expended by leaders in December. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, both at the churches they serve and, and then the families they lead. And, and I, you know, we both see the exhaustion on their faces and hear it in their voice uh, in December. Uh, and I've had, I actually had a couple of pastors uh, in the last couple of weeks tell me, or say to me, John, what have I done? How, how did I let the schedule get so crazy yeah. uh, these past few weeks? And, and Jim, I think it begs the question, you know, um, why, you know, why do we over schedule? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really what I, I'd like to answer that question today. Why do we do that? And then maybe what can we do about why we do that? Right. Uh, can, that I, can I say before you do this? Oh, yeah. That, that there have been times, I mean, how long have we been doing this? How long have we been friends? And what's the key message of this ministry? And there are still times I go, what did I do to myself? Yes. You know, what, why did I allow this to happen? That the one time I, I preached or taught 11 times in eight days, and you said, how are you doing? I said, I'm really tired. I don't know why. You said, what have you been up to? And as I, as I, as I said it to you, I thought, I'm the village idiot. I, I know all this. And I, and I didn't see it until I, I hit that wall so hard yeah. I could get out of bed. Yeah. So, yeah. so teach, us, teach us again, right? I mean, just say, so well, I know this. Like, it, it doesn't matter what we know. It matters what we do. So as we look at a whole year, these are some good things to be aware of. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes when we are reflecting, you know, and thinking about this question, why am I overscheduling so much? I think sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm a responsible person. Yeah. And that's what responsible people do. And, you know, I understand that. I get that. And, or I've heard this a bunch, you know, I love what I do. Yeah. I love it. It doesn't feel like work. Listen, just because it doesn't feel like work doesn't mean it isn't work. Right. And that there isn't energy being expended, but there are some less than noble reasons we stuff our calendar and i'd like to look at those three of those real quick and so i'm going to use acronyms and we'll and we'll explain them just because i think using acronyms is fun Uh, (laughs) the first one the first the less than noble reason we stuff our calendars like a christmas turkey is fomo and i think you've probably heard of fomo fear of missing out yeah yeah and when i was a kid i hated going to bed early and yeah. you know why I hated going to bed early? Because I was afraid 
that there was something happening within the family that I was going to miss. Yes. Yeah. I, I was number seven out of nine kids wow. uh, growing up. And so, you know, my older brothers and sisters were up and I was thinking, what are they doing that I could be participating in? Yeah. And there was this, there was this fear. And I think FOMO is a real challenge for pastors. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I, I, I think sometimes we pack our calendars or because we're, we fear we're not going to have enough or we fear we're not growing as fast as other churches in our city. Um, we, we fear other people's perception of our work ethic. Yeah. And, and, and I think perhaps ultimately we fear what will happen if our current gig doesn't work out. <laughs> so we're, yeah. you know, we're just saying, I got to work this hard. I got to run. I got to push nonstop because I might lose my job if, the board isn't happy with the results. What do you think about that first less than noble <laughs> motivator for yeah. filling our schedules? Almost. I, I, I think there's a, there's a, a truth to every lie. That's why we believe it. Right. Mm -hmm. All those things you just said, if I don't, then this is the outcome. Uh, if I do, then this is the outcome. I, I think you and I both live long enough to know that it's the Lord that builds the house. We, we are, yes partially responsible for that but our, our responsibility is not to do what only he can do and be where only he can be and say what only he can yeah and uh jim uh you froze up just a little bit there uh oh, sorry. Yeah. I think, that's okay I said, just pick up where you left off yeah I, that, that there's something only god can do and we're responsible for for the stuff that we can do so it's in partnership yeah. right i i don't create things i i I move with what God has created. I don't create air. I breathe mm -hmm. it. That's my responsibility. I don't create cheeseburgers. I eat them. That's my responsibility. And, and the same thing is true. You know, there's this one day in seven where we, where we literally celebrate the fact that we are not God and yeah. we can rest from our labors and trust that he continues to work in our, in our rest. Um, yes. So I, that fear of missing out, I, I, I come back to this so often in my own life and I, I maybe I've said it almost too often, but I, I'm every man's servant. That's my job. I serve every man, but I only have one master. And that, that master, if he's pleased at the end of the day, that's a good day. If yes. he's not pleased at the end of the day, that's not a good day. It doesn't matter what everybody thinks I am or I'm not. So boy, I, I feel so bad for guys that like have that board relationship where there's, they, he's got 14 bosses and they're all deacons. I, I think a deacon possessed church is harder to serve than a demon possessed church sometimes, depending on the deacons, right? Yeah. So, bad expectations you need to be everywhere and do everything and do it as well as we expect and it's it's everybody's people well-meaning people can set everybody up to fail not knowing it so it's important that we create those boundaries that they're known that if my wife calls i'll be answering the phone doesn't matter what we're talking about if it's right. my time to go home for family dinner unless you know grandma just died i'm, I'm going home to have dinner and this meeting's over with that we right. just schedule first things first and I think of the greater fear of missing out on what might or might not happen at the church is what might or might not happen in your marriage, yeah. what might or might not happen in Great your point. children, what might or, or might not happen in your own soul before your creator. So yeah. first things come first. Really good. And that that should resolve most of the fear of missing out sort of sure. temptations, you know? Yeah, and we'll, and we'll push up on that too. Uh, we'll talk even about that a little bit more because I do want to probe that some more yeah. with you. Let me give you a second uh less than noble reason for stuffing your calendar. And this is Omo. And uh, Omo is overestimating my output. 
So this one isn't fear-based, I don't think. I, I think pastors tend to overestimate how much they can get done in a day or a week and underestimate how much they can get done in a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there is this lack, Jim, of realism when it comes to scheduling. Um, we, we tend to bite off more than we can chew. We often overestimate our capacity and underestimate our need for reasonable scheduling. Uh, I plan my entire week out on Saturday morning. So, you know, my upcoming week is all laid out and um, it, it's a combination of appointments, podcast recordings, uh, uh, writing work that we have to do, preparation for speaking and training and things of that nature. Um, and so when I start, I, I've been doing that for almost nine years now, Jim. Yeah. And when I started my daily, uh, my daily list, and I have it right next to me here on, on my desk, uh, would have 12 or 13 things on there. It was an exercise in futility. It was yeah. frustrating. I'd get six things done and feel like a failure right. every day. <laughs> and you set yourself up to fail every single day. Right. Because yeah. I, I was, I was thinking I can sure I can get 12 things done every day. And, yeah. and I'm learning that, uh, no, I was overestimating my work output. What do you think about that second one? Yeah, again, I, I love that phrase. I was setting myself up to fail. We, we do have control uh, to some degree of the, the hours in our, in our day. There, there's always going to be the surprise. There's always going to be the emergency. But I, I think the other 95, 98% of the time, we're the ones that actually create the dynamics of our input and output. And yeah. I, I would just come back to that, the FOMO uh, again, just you, we, if you set yourself up to succeed, chances are you will. If you set yourself up to fail, chances are you will. Yeah. So if, if we, if we look at our calendars, like we look at our budgets, we understand the value mm. of a dollar. We go. understand when they're gone, they're gone. And we, so we treat dollars differently than we do hours. And yeah. I think if one has real eternal value, it's probably going to be more so the hour than the dollar or the minute than the dollar. So I, I would scheduling your time proactively is the best deterrent to living a, an overly reactive yeah. life where you never get finished. There's never that sense of the, of the finish line. I like at the end of the day when every box has a check mark next to it and I go home knowing that I've completed what's, you know, what I believe my assignment was for the day. Right. And I, I think that should happen 80, 90% of the time in our lives. And then there's going to be the, the death and the birth and the emergency and the sure. counseling that walks in. Yep. There's going to be, we're pastors. We're, we move at the speed of the people around us. But we, we being proactive, that's why I start my day at 4.35 o'clock in the morning because polite people don't try to get a hold of me until at least eight. <laughs> You know, so all, all my internal work is done by the time my external work begins. Yeah, that's so good. I don't have that. I got little kids. I, I get that. I, this is a season I'm in my fifties and my kids are in their twenties and thirties. So I, it is different for me, but find, find what works and make it your priority. And, and FOMO and OMO are, you know, are yeah. gone. Are no mo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. That was, there, there's a t-shirt in the making for all of these. There is. <laughs> Converge. So the third, the third one, the third, you know, bad reason I think we we fill our calendars too much is is domo, and that is disorganized method op, uh, operation. <laughs> yep. Yep, and, yep. I, and I think Jim disorganization fuels cram schedules. Yeah. And and, and let's be real, uh, some of us lack basic organizational muscle. Uh, yeah. we, we lead by the seat of our pants. We get comfortable with firefighting. 
here's the good news that we don't have to become an organizational guru to pastor a church. Nope. We do have to learn a functional level of organization. Yeah. And the good news is most of us can do that. Yes. Most of us can do that. So that, that, that third one, uh, real quick, what do you think about that as a, as a contributor to our scheduling malaise? Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Again, if I'm careless with my money, I would expect a certain outcome. If I'm careless with the organization of my time, I would expect a certain outcome. Uh, we, we really do design the <laughs> lives that we've chosen to live in many ways. Not, not completely. I mean, I'm, I'm not six foot four and playing the NBA. I mean, I, I can't become something I'm not, but as you understand what you are, and you begin to build the environment for who you are to prosper, you, you should be prospering. So mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're, you feel disorganized and out of control and burned out and afraid of these things and got 14 bosses, man, it's, it's time to proactively change these, these things we're discussing today. Right. And so I'd like to dive right into some ideas about how to do that. Yeah. So if, you, if you're listening or watching today and you suffer from one of these three or maybe all of them, uh, here's three ideas I think that will be help, helpful to you. So if you uh, suffer with FOMO, fear of missing out, get to the root of that fear. So here's, here's a question I challenge leaders to ask themselves. When you, if you're chronically overscheduled, ask yourself this question, what am I afraid of? Yeah. What, God, what's broken on the inside of me that's driving me to live at such an insane pace? Yes. So ask him and ask trusted friends to help you sort this out. And the hope is, as you begin, Jim, as you begin this journey of processing and getting to the root, you'll learn a couple of things. You'll learn to work from love instead of fear. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. You'll learn to work from rest instead of for rest. Yeah. And, 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 and I think part of, part of what's helped me with this, Jim, is I'm realizing more and more that I'm loved unconditionally by my father in heaven, yeah. uh, that my accomplishments don't cause him to love me more. My failures don't cause him to love me less. Yeah. That I, I, we operate, if you're a believer, you operate with God's stamp of approval on you before you lift a finger every day. Mm -hmm. And I think if we work and lead out of that understanding, if we get to the root of our fears and we, where we land is in this positive space of, I, I'm not doing this because I'm afraid, I'm doing this out of love. I'm doing this because I'm well rested, not because I'm, I'm clawing to get to the finish line so I can rest. Yeah. I think our calendars will fall in line. What do you, what do you think about that first one? Yeah, I, I think if you took the word fear and you changed it to insecure, um, I think there's, there could be synonyms here, right? Yeah, so I think so. The solution to fear is faith, maybe, maybe a little nebulous, a little theological, but certainly mm -hmm. the cure to, to insecurity is to be secure. So secure in his love for you, as you mentioned, secure in what you're actually called to do here. Not everybody's right. expectations, but your master. Yes. And, and secure in the fact that he's called you to be here now to do what, what he's given you to do, and you'll do it well for his glory. That guy wakes up differently. Right then, the guy that was saying, "I'm not," so, I don't know who 100%. I am. I I'm afraid of everybody's opinions. I'm trying desperately to, to have a win. And 100 people walk out the door and shake my hand and say, "Good sermon, good sermon, good sermon." One one person walks out and says, "You're an idiot," and I walk home an idiot. That mm -hmm. that's because you're 
you're getting your identity from the wrong place. So that securing your security with Christ is the beginning of being fearless with men is the way I would kind of paraphrase what you said. Yeah, that's so good. So, so here's the second piece of of thought or, or help. If you're suffering with OMO, you know, where you're overestimating your output, get in touch with reality. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the reality. You have limitations. Yeah. And I think you should tape that on your mirror. I have limitations. Yeah. Um, There is not enough time or energy to implement every idea that comes into your head. So, so I, I, I'm going to just say this and it might sound a little strong. Stop lying to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking that, Hey, I, I can work 60 to 70 hours a week, week after week, month after month, year after year and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you cannot because God hasn't designed you to live like that and work like that. Yeah. Um, admit to yourself that you could only blow by your day off for so long before you're going to start making a mess of your life. Um, you know, Jim, I believe this. I don't believe it honors God when we regularly overfill our calendar. Yeah. Uh, when we deny the reality of, of how he's put us together with, with limitations. Um, what do you think about this second one about getting back in touch with reality? I think, you know, back to that security, become understanding I have limitations. I think every man would say, yes, I have limitations. Becoming comfortable with saying, I don't have time to do that. I don't have the bandwidth to be good at that. I Something I think you said it years ago, but it really stuck with me was when we say yes to one thing, we begin the war of a thousand no's. That they're, by saying yes and committing to this, I'm now saying no to everything else that would want the resource that that requires of me. Right. So saying yes to the right things at the right time, in the right way, making room for new things. Old things are going to have to go. New things are coming. Right. And, and it, one of the real mysteries of, of leadership, and I've heard people say it over and over again, beginning to experience it, that if this is all my responsibility, what's funny is when I do a little bit less, what I do, I do it, I do it a little bit better. And then I do a, you know fewer things. I do those things even better. I'm not, I'm not filling in the time with playing golf and playing hooky from, from work. I'm, I'm becoming better at something that, that is more important and delegating things. Yeah. Maybe that's the key to this too, that maybe if you're like, everybody has these demands at some point, this is why the, the apostles say we need deacons. We need people to feed people. It's, right. a, it's a mundane responsibility, but it's one that's taking a lot of time. It's not being done well. And so choose from among yourselves, you know, or I'll choose somebody from among you to help me in this area. So they get a nice little promotion, you know, that yeah. the pastor needs me and, <clears throat> and uh, they get to have the meaning. I, I think some of the things I've gotten rid of through the years, as it turns out, I really didn't like them. I wasn't good at them. I had people in my congregation that love it and were great at it. And I was denying them the joy of being used by God because yeah. someone told me it was my responsibility. <laughs> I believe well, them. And, and I think, I think as leaders, you know, Jim, you've been, you've been pastoring Freedom Center for a long time, right? And you've, and that church has grown from about a hundred people to, you know, much larger. You know, I started Converge Coaching almost nine years ago. And I think sometimes, you know, we have, this is our baby in a sense, you know, I don't think we say that out loud, but in our minds, sure. we feel that way. And I think for me, and I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I won't speak for you, that there are times that letting go, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this part of it up because I think this is part of the problem, right? Is I, can they do it as well as I do it? Right. 
will they uphold the quality, the excellence, the the value that you know we bring to to our clients and, and leaders who trust us and all and and it's and and you know what the truth is, is I have an I have an amazing team I have an incredible team and sometimes I think I under you know talk about overestimating my my output I think sometimes I underestimate my team's ability yeah. and their output that you know what they'll probably do some of this stuff better than I could even do it. And I, I have to pry my hands <laughs> off of that thing yeah, yeah, and give it to somebody um, because they can do it better. Maybe, maybe they can't even do it better, but they can do it just as good. And I need to be onto some other things. Yeah. Uh, and we could talk about that forever, but I'm, I just, I, 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 we weren't planning on really going down this path with this part of the conversation, but I'm really glad you brought it uh, to the surface. Cause I do think that's part of the solution, right? It's not just, Hey, realizing I have limitations, but realizing God has put people around me yeah. who can take on some of the things that I'm refusing to let go of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you look at the leadership of Jesus and the apostles and, and it becomes apparent if you're looking for it, that they always led with their absence in mind. Mm. None of them planned on staying where they were. Yeah. All of them came into a place, they, they preached the gospel, they spent time with those who responded, and in Philippi, it's 24 hours, and they're gone. Yeah. And we have the Philippians, we have a Philippian church, we have, right, they're not, they're, maybe 24 hours is wrong, but it's not long right. after they get there that they're, they're not there anymore. And they're, they're on the move. Right? And, and, you know, you get there, they're in other places longer, certainly, but they're always, leading. certainly Jesus, knowing his time was short from his very first word. He's leading with his absence in mind. And so if we build organizations based on who we are and what we have and what we do, I think to some point that's good, but there is a, there's a point where that's not good anymore. You're actually crippling. Um, you're, you're not discipling because you're in charge of everything. Things aren't being done well. So you're dying and you're not giving life and you're not giving responsibility and you're not delegating. And no one's right. growing. And remember, no one's going to be able to name five sermons that you preached a year after you preached them. Now, a year after you're gone, no one can name five sermons. But you will have been one of the five people that changed their life because you gave them an opportunity. You saw something in them. You delegated responsibility to them. I think more so that's what a pastor or a father or yeah. a disciple or an apostle or, or our Lord, that's, that's the way you treat people is with your absence in mind, promoting them into their destiny, mm -hmm. not, you know, you being the only, you know, the, the, the master in the center ring and there's no animals doing tricks. You got it. Right. You, you got it. You got to delegate it. And then everybody gets to play and everybody gets to win. Sure. And I, I know this too, John. People that row the boat are far less likely to rock it. Yeah, that's so good. You know, the consumers complain about there's not enough sesame seeds on my bun. But the kid that's flipping the burger in the back never does. He, he's busy doing what he does. And I, and I don't mean to make us fast food restaurants. But you know what I'm saying? People, yeah. people who yeah. are in partnership with this ministry will treat it with the respect that a consumer of this ministry never will. Because oh, they so good. can't the product. Yeah. So giving people the keys to their own church, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Jim, I, I think this is something we could just talk about at length because it, it just, it, it's one of those like foundational things. And, and so appreciate, so appreciate you bringing that extra thought to it. Let me, I know we're really buttoned up against time here. Okay. Uh, let me give you this last one. So if you're disorganized, uh, you have, you have DOMO, a disorganized operation method, uh, get near organized people. Yeah. 
hang out with people who are organized. I, I, I was disorganized early in my life, Jim. I, becoming the pastor of a large youth group brought that weakness front and center. I could get away with being disorganized when I was a youth pastor of 20 kids. Sure. Now, I, I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I was the youth pastor of about 150 kids. So I, I, I realized I did not know how to organize my way out of a paper bag. I, uh, so I searched out the most organized person I knew, and I threw myself at his mercy. And I, and I said, please teach me how to improve here. Uh, I read books to help me grow. Some of the best books I read to help me with organization were uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh, the yeah. The, uh, a book called Focus by Al Rice, another book called Execution by Larry Bossidy. These were these are a few books I devoured because I wanted to get better at organization. Yeah. And, and I would just say this to those who are listening and watching today. You can learn how to be organizationally literate without having to become Yoda at, at the Yoda of organization. Yeah. Let me say this. The better organized you are, the less wasted motion you have. And the more control you'll experience with your calendar. So, you know, I, I just want to wrap up with a thought here, Jim, and I'll let you close this. Um, I, I just want to, I just want to challenge if you're listening or watching today, what does your calendar look like this week? Is it, is it packed like sardines in a can? Um, and are you feeling the negative effects of being overscheduled? Can I just encourage you to stop the madness Get in touch with your fears, get in touch with reality. And if this organization is your Achilles heel, hang out with people who are farther down the road than you are in that area. Um, I, you know, I think the smarter gym we get calendar wise, the more we can do what we love uh, for a longer time. So Jim, that's what I've got today. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I can say, Hey, can you get together for coffee? Hey, I can't unbook that day when I have three hours set aside just to be with the Lord to pray, yeah. to study. And you say, well, you had three hours. No, I, I had three hours set aside for the Lord. I had an appointment. I like blaming my calendar because mm -hmm. no one gets mad at my calendar. You know, yeah. they, they, they understand the limitations of time better than I think we give them credit for. And I, I appreciate this, John. This is, this is awesome. Hey, um, that was 119. We're looking at 120, which yeah. is near and dear to my heart. Come on up. Could you just give us a teaser about next week a little bit? What, what we're coming back to? Sure. The, uh, the title is going to be Handing Off the Baton. Uh, Jim, there has been a recent uptick in the number of lead pastors who are transitioning. Yeah. Uh, and these are people that we know and that we, we work with and churches that we know and work with. And, and, and unfortunately, um, some of these have been handled in a less than stellar fashion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, creating all kinds of serious challenges for these churches moving forward. And, and really, Jim, it's happened enough where it's brought me to a point of, of anger right. and frustration. And, and usually when I'm angry and I'm frustrated about something long enough, that's the juice that gets us moving in a direction to try to fix something. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about in right on. pod 120. So in closing, if you want FOMO, OMO, and DOMO, NOMO, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a t-shirt. That's a bumper sticker. That's something. That's a website. I don't know what it is, but that's a good one. Then, then get organized. And if we can help you with that, man, just get a hold of us. Uh, yeah. we're, we're easy to get a hold of. 
I'm sure say, I don't know anybody that's organized, but we know a hundred people that are organized that, yeah. that a simple text of introduction would, would begin a conversation or if John can help you or one of the coaches can help you, then that's, that's what we're here to do. Get you out of pain, get you into productivity. Um, sometimes give you permission to be who God made you to be and to know that it's okay to, to be that and to say no and to say yes and to schedule your life and budget your time. And this is, this is one of the great things that Converge does for leaders. So God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. And we hope that uh, you know and, and believe that we are praying for you, that we care, that we are here. And uh, yeah, God bless you as you continue to lead from alignment.